Welcome to Ginger Tea, the podcast. I'm Raven. Here, we'll discuss all things mental and emotional wellness. It's my hope that everything shared here will pour into your life in the best possible way. This is a space for community healing. So grab your cup and let's spill. Welcome to another episode of Ginger Tea, the podcast. If you have already listened to episode one, welcome back. And if you're new here, I thank you for being here. I thank you for listening. And I encourage you to go back and listen to episode one when you're done here. Um, I just really want to thank all who have listened already to the podcast. I launched it on my birthday last week, my 29th birthday, and I've gotten so much support, so much love, um, and I am filled up with gratitude, and I'm carrying all that good energy with me into today's episode. So as always, I start off with an affirmation, and today's affirmation is, I trust that I have everything I need to take care of myself. I'll say that again. I trust that I have everything I need to take care of myself. One more time. I trust that I have everything I need to take care of myself. And let's let that settle in with three deep breaths. So take a deep breath in through the nose Exhale, sigh it out through the mouth. (sighs) Another deep breath in through the nose. Exhale, sigh it out. (sighs) One more deep breath in through the nose. Exhale, sigh it out. And one more time with the affirmation, I trust that I have everything I need to take care of myself. Now, you guys know I always tell you what type of tea I'm drinking. Um, Today's tea, I brewed in the water ginger root, lemon, and cinnamon. And then I poured that water over a bag of corn silk tea. The brand is still Buddha Teas. And corn silk is good for just flushing the body. Um, It contains magnesium, which a lot of us are magnesium deficient. I would go as far as to say all of us are. It is anti-inflammatory. It's good for the kidneys, good for um, bladder and urinary health. So it's just overall good for your system. That's the tea I'm drinking. Very nourishing, very healing, just like I hope this podcast will be for you. Let's get into our talk. Today we're talking about journaling and vulnerability as tools for healing. And I first want to talk about positive self-talk, which is a series of journaling workshops that I started back in 2016. So positive self-talk started off as a blog. um, And it started off, I was talking to a friend and she was telling me how she had started her business. And when she was talking about her business, she was talking about all of the things that she hadn't done yet, all the things that she needed to do, all the things that she felt like she lacked. 
And as I'm listening to her, all I could focus on are the things that she had already accomplished that a lot of people hadn't. This was this was in 2016 where she was telling me that she started her business and she already got her DBA and that she already got her logo and that she already got her T-shirts printed and she already scheduled a pop-up to set up at. And I'm in awe of those things and yet... Her main focus was on all the things that she hadn't yet done. And it made me wonder why we spend so much time thinking about what we haven't done and what we don't have instead of basking in what we already have accomplished. Um, I want to say to celebrate every little win, but... I don't even want to say little, especially when you're starting a brand or a business. Nothing is little. Everything is a milestone. And so it made me think we need more positive self-talk, especially in the black community. We need to make it a norm to speak more kindly and more loving to ourselves. So I started a blog. I started the blog and I was writing about A lot of the things that I talk about now, I was offering tips on how to stay positive, tips on meditating, um, just offering encouraging words to anybody who would listen. And then I started to wonder how I could make positive self-talk more tangible. I was still new to tapping into my creativity and, you know, branding it, marketing it. I didn't really have the language back then. And then I just had the idea to host a journaling workshop. It was on a whim. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing until I was doing it, but I just got an idea. I'm going to host a journaling workshop. I got the journals for everyone. I booked a yoga studio to host it at, and I had a really good turnout. And in in hosting the journaling workshop, it not only showed me what I was capable of, but it showed me just how much journaling had been healing for me. So in the journaling workshop, the intention was to guide people to speak more kindly to themselves with their own words. A lot of times we feel like we need to look outside of ourselves, look for outside advice or um Just look for other people to validate us or to tell us that we're lovable, that we're valuable. And with journaling, it's your journal and these are your words. It's your mind. And I wanted to show people the power that they have using their own words to to lift themselves up. It turned into um, a big thing, something very enjoyable. I was hosting journaling workshops, um, not as consistently as I would have liked to, but I was doing them much more frequently than I thought I would when I hosted the first one. And it just opened up a whole new world of the healing opportunities that were in journaling. I've been journaling since I was in high school. I used to have, um, my friends and I, we had a journal that we would share and we would like write an entry in it. And then if we would see each other in the hallway, we would pass the journal to the other person and then they would write their, their journal entry and all that. And then I would have personal journals at home where I was just 
reflecting on my day and, you know, just t expressing how I felt. And it didn't appear to me that this was actually a healing tool until I started hosting these journaling workshops. And it was like, wow, I'm, I'm guiding other people in their healing with their own words. And this is really showing me how much I have relied on journaling to bring me back to center. I mentioned in the previous episode that I am an avid journaler. Um, I've always deemed myself a writer, but when journaling opened up for me as a way to really center and heal myself, I now claim myself as an avid journaler. I will always open up my journal when I need to release, when I need to express. And there are times where I won't open up my journal because of how vulnerable it asks me to be. Um, journaling has helped me personally because it helps me to get my thoughts out of my head and onto paper. I know a lot of people around me and myself included, I always think that um, I can just sort things out in my head. And then I wonder why I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious or burned out. And for me, it's because I have all of these things going through my head at a mile a minute, and I'm trying to sort them all out and figure them all out at one time. And a lot of times I end up not doing anything because the, the thoughts are so overwhelming. It's not until I put everything down on paper, whether I'm trying to plan something, whether I'm making a list, whether I just need to express my feelings, I found that actually putting it on paper and looking at it helps me to sort things out. It helps me to get clear it helps me to get centered and it helps me to get focused. The bittersweet part about it is what I said earlier that it asked me to be vulnerable. Taking the pressure off of that is recognizing that it's just you and your journal. That doesn't mean that being vulnerable while you're journaling isn't still intimidating, but it takes the pressure off. So I journal because I have experienced anxiety, I have experienced um, depression, and a lot of times that comes from trying to be in control, that comes from trying to predict the future, that comes from trying to change the past. It comes from not staying present. When I journal, I... I start from the very beginning. I start from the kind of day I've had. I start from how I'm feeling when I'm journaling. I start from the conversations that I've had with people. I think I want to take away this um, stigma that journaling has to be some type of way every time, um, that you need a prompt every time. Prompts are very helpful, and you don't always need them to effectively journal. Journaling has healed me time and time again because at the end of the day, it's shown me that I can trust myself. There are journal entries that I have that reflect situations that I am still experiencing today. 
and I can go back to that entry and see what worked and what didn't work. I always say that a lot of us look for self-help books or, you know, we're always reading articles and all these things to get advice on how to navigate this life. And those are good. Those are good alternatives. And I also think we sometimes forget how much power we have in our own in our own inner knowing, in our own experiences. Your journal serves as your own self-help book, your own life guide that you wrote yourself. That in itself is very empowering to know that your experiences are shaping you, that you've reflected so much that if you were to experience this situation again or something similar, you can go back to your journal and see how you got through it or what you could do differently. And you have so much more to offer to other people who may be experiencing something different. That doesn't mean that you need journaling to be able to reflect on these. But for me, as someone who uses writing as a way to express and release, it's so good to be able to flip a page in something that I wrote and go back and just admire, for one, how I got through a tough situation, or to recall um, a more happy time, a loving time, whatever. Your journal holds so many sacred moments, and those type of moments cannot be found in a book that you buy unless you wrote it and you have it on sale now. The vulnerability that journaling asks of you can feel intimidating, it can feel scary simply because of what vulnerability is, which is exposing yourself to potentially being harmed or hurt um, and releasing control. And I find that being vulnerable with yourself first within your journal, it just opens the floodgates of your ability to be vulnerable and transparent with the people around you. So as I said before, vulnerability is about releasing control. It's about being emotionally and sometimes physically exposed. And it takes great courage to be vulnerable. And it takes the most courage to be vulnerable with yourself. When there's nobody else in the room but you and you. When there's nobody else in the room but you and your mind. And instead of quieting those thoughts that are disruptive, distracting, um, harmful, hurtful. Those thoughts that bring up memories that you don't want to think about. Those thoughts that can be scary. That's where the courage comes in. It's not even about... um, It's not even about being naked and and vulnerable in front of other people. It's about how you can show up and face the things that you know that you haven't been facing. Those things that come up randomly that aren't really random. Those things that you know you need to deal with that you haven't been dealing with. um, that's That's where vulnerability is so essential. Um, Brene Brown says that vulnerability is the center of meaningful human experiences. I know that to be true because 
it's in vulnerability that I can even come up with the topics that I want to talk about on the podcast, on my social media platforms, anything. It's because I have taken the time to really sit with myself, sit with the things that are troublesome. It doesn't mean that when you sit with them and you journal them that one time that they're magically healed. It is a practice. Healing is not linear. It's a journey. But taking that first step is is really the key. It's starting. Starting anything is really the key to it being effective and successful. Using journaling and vulnerability together as tools of healing have opened up so much for me to know about myself. Sometimes I'll go through a tough experience and I won't journal about it because I always say to myself, I don't feel like journaling about it because if I write it down, that's going to make it true. I don't feel like journaling about it because if I write it down, that means I'm going to have to face it. That means I'm going to manifest it into my reality. And I mean, sometimes that's what's necessary. Journaling is such a sacred, a sacred practice that you really don't have to share with anyone but you. And I know that when we all do this type of work with ourselves, it's so beautiful and affirming when we come into a community and talk about it so that we know that we're not alone and so that we realize that we have much more support than we thought we have and we have much more in common with people than we thought that we had. Um, When you're vulnerable, yes, you are potentially exposing yourself and opening up yourself for pain, um, for discomfort. And that seems like the only thing that we dwell on. Vulnerability is not just about pain. It's about growth. It's about love. It's about experiences. It's about compassion. And we would block those things off if we chose not to be vulnerable just because we wanted, we didn't want to be uncomfortable. I mentioned last episode too, briefly about comfort zones. Comfort zones aren't really all that comfortable anyway. They're just familiar. It's outside of the comfort zone where you really have deep, meaningful experiences. The way that we relate to people is through their experiences, whether they are pleasant or not so pleasant. To heal, the textbook definition to heal is to become sound or healthy again. And when you think about your unique healing journey, think about it in that way. You're on this journey so that you can become sound and healthy again. This isn't to say that you aren't already sound and that you aren't already healthy But when you dig deeper, you understand that there are some wounds that um, have not been fully healed. There are some parts in your life that have not been fully healed. And so in order to heal, in order to become sound in those areas, you have to 
be present. In order to be present, you have to acknowledge and accept what is. And in order to acknowledge and accept what is, you have to be able to face what is. You have to be able to name what is. And that comes from being vulnerable. Vulnerability is a superpower. It is the key that unlocks, like Brene Brown said, it is the key that unlocks all of our meaningful experiences. It really makes us human. Um, we like to be closed off. We like to be in control. I, I speak for myself when I say I really like to know what's going to happen next. I like to know what, what I, I like to be in control. And <laughs> vulnerability releases that. Vulnerability says I am showing up as I am with everything, not just like all the parts that I think everybody will like, but everything. I, I'm being transparent with everything. And I accept everything first. If I accept everything about me first, not that it doesn't matter if other people accept, accept me, but it allows me to accept when people don't accept me, if that makes sense. It really, it really is a superpower, and it's so essential to the healing journey. And if you are hesitant to be vulnerable with your friends and family, if you're hesitant to tell people what you're going through or what you're experiencing, I definitely recommend journaling. It's just you and you. Because once you can, once you can be with yourself and face those things that you usually don't want to talk about, once you can really let it all go and accept yourself as you are, it makes it that much easier to let people support you, to let people be there for you, and to be in flow with life. So as usual, I always leave you guys with a journaling prompt to reflect on. So I always say whenever you're about to listen to an episode of Ginger Tea, please bring your journals because there's always something um, to jot down. The journaling prompt today is, where in my healing journey can I make space for vulnerability? Where in my healing journey can I make space for vulnerability? So really take your time responding to this prompt. Go inward and look at your life, look at your healing journey, look at the things that you are trying to um, transmute, look at the trauma that you're trying to heal from, look, look at all the things that are coming up for you when you hear this prompt. Go there and see where you can be more vulnerable. Where can you open up more? Who can you open up to? What can you allow in your life? That's what this prompt is asking of you. Where in my healing journey can I make space for vulnerability? This is also a form of accountability. Accountability is sometimes this really scary word, but really it's just putting your life back into your hands. You have the power to, to, to go and decide what you need so that you can get it from whatever sources you need to get it from. 
So again, take a really specific look at your healing journey and figure out where you can be more open, where you can be more, more vulnerable and approach it from a space of I'm being vulnerable so that I can allow more of what I want into my life. Thanks for listening to Ginger Tea, the podcast. I hope your cup was filled and I hope you'll come back for more. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe if this was something you enjoyed. And stay connected at Ginger Tea, the podcast on Instagram. Until next time, be light.